That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride, well, folks, is a man that, what can I say, folks? His name is now Ezekiel, JC. My name is not now Ezekiel. I am not JC's younger brother. I am actually JC. And Nestlemania, as we got through Wrestlemania, which was the most stupendous Weekend of all time. It was actually an incredible weekend, and I think it, it is going to uh, go up pretty high in my WrestleMania rankings when all said is done. We also had a crazy weekend at NXT. Uh, AEW's in Boston tonight. If you're listening to Wednesday, a lot of our friends are going. We unfortunately are not. So, WrestleMania, we have a lot of talk to as we build our Jobber Knocker kingdom. That's true, and I like the way you start. But before we get to that, I would just like to say... To everybody in the Jobber Knocker community, I have won predictions from WrestleMania to WrestleMania, the wire-to-wire champion of the year. So I thought to myself, JC, I just can't not celebrate this. And Ray has been talking about bullshit, so here's what I'm going to do. It is it is master season, I believe, JC. You are the, you are the oh golf fanatic. Oh, boy. So I, I, I thought it was only important for WrestleMania... <laughs> To get his jacket. That's right. You can't see this. I'm going to take a picture. It's actually a baby blue. Oh, baby blue. I was inspired by your American wet dream to take this selfie. So I'm going to... This is my jacket. This is the master's jacket. Nobody can take this away from me. If you're going to win next year, you're going to get your own. Well, Nestlemania, like I've heard... You took it all away. I give it all away. But you can't take my freedom, Nestlemania. And my freedom to shit on you. So it'll continue. Even though even though you won, I'm not, you know, you were coming the thread. You're like, acknowledge me. Acknowledge me as the winner. You know what? Forget that. You know what? I forgot. Forget being called Nestlemania for a little while. Why don't you just call me Professor Nestle? It's so much better. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm Professor gonna keep Nestle, calling, it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to more likely to call you Twinkle Toes. But twinkle you know toes. what, Nestlemania? Hopefully you don't get injured in the kickoff of the show because that's where we're going to start. Wrestlemania. Uh, the Usos retain their titles, but the takeaway from this match is... Rick Boogs got injured, and that kind of sucks. It does. We, we, were, we were watching it, and we thought, wow, this is a little odd. And then maybe this was the way it was supposed to be. I didn't expect the the Usos to lose anyway. Uh, but to see him go down, that sucks. They said a patella, I believe, was ruptured. Yeah. That's a tough injury to come back from. Any injury, really. But this one, I mean, that dude's a stud. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter. That dude's awesome. Uh, I just I want to be friends with him. He's just so much fun. Uh, so, yeah, it sucks, but uh, we got to move on because, uh, unfortunately, they are. Yeah, and uh, we're going to right move on to, uh, you know, this is something that kind of obviously with what happened, especially in night one, kind of got buried a little bit in terms of the headlines. But uh, Drew McIntyre gave Happy Corbin his first loss since he's been happy. But not only that, Nestlemania, Drew McIntyre is the first ever man to kick out of the end of days, one of the most protected WWE finishes of all time. You, uh, we were watching together and you were looking for more of a reaction from me, but... 
part of the reason why I didn't really like get upset, like you were probably hoping, is because I kind of expected this to happen. Because if they're going to do it, you do it with a guy like Drew. And yeah, sure, it wasn't in a title match. It wasn't in a main event. But with what they're trying to build with Drew, sadly, it made sense. But yeah, of course, I'm a little devastated. But, you know, it was probably Corbin's idea to do it because he's been saving it for something like this to put someone over. So here we are. I thought you were going to be a little bit more upset. You are the biggest, biggest happy Corbin fan I know. And I just could not believe that it happened. Um, you were sitting there trying to, you know, right the ship and saying, oh, no, it was right. It was right. But I think the five-year-old you was having a little bit of a tantrum, no? Oh, of course, the, the fan, the, the fan of Happy Corbin in me was a little sad because that mystique and aura is now gone. But as the person who tries to think logically, like I try to be most of the time, 95% of the time, it sadly made sense. So I accepted it and uh, it happened. And there we go. And now Drew, uh, we'll see what uh, he does on SmackDown. But as we move on here in WrestleMania, we get to our first celebrity match of the weekend. And this one was kind of a surprise to me because, as you know, uh, we had the Mysterios taking on the Miz and Logan Paul. I thought Logan Paul looked great. I think he did a great job. I loved him and Miz's gear. I loved the Mysterios gear. The aesthetics in this match was awesome. Logan Paul still coming out with this Pokemon card, which is worth like $5 million or whatever. Uh, but the surprise to me was Miz and Logan Paul winning. But not only that, Miz getting the pin. And then and during the celebration, he turns on Logan Paul. So a lot to unpack here. Do you think Logan Paul can be a formidable baby face? Because I'm nervous uh, well, about there's that. There's nothing about Logan Paul that is a baby face. But, uh, right, but I on, just, on top I of that, though, in, on top of that, you're a Miz guy. You've 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 called yourself on the carpet and said that the Miz is a terrible baby face. So what do you do with? Well, this? no, that's what I mean. It's just like the Miz is so good that he can probably get a crowd to cheer Logan Paul a little bit. Obviously, like the WrestleMania crowd popped big for the turn, but I mean that was that was cool because it was unexpected and whatever. But my guess is this match between Miz and Logan Paul is something that we could see either at SummerSlam this year or next year at WrestleMania. Maybe they give that as the one-on-one because it is in Hollywood. Could have the movie star versus the YouTube star. So, But yeah, I don't know. They, it's, it was definitely cool and intriguing, and I thought this match was actually pretty fun. Look, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought that Dom Mysterio was going to do a little bit more, but I was more impressed. So here's the question. A lot of people believe that Logan Paul was better than Bad Bunny. Your thoughts? No. Bad Bunny was better. Really? And that's just because I thought Logan Paul was really good. And I think Logan Paul is probably someone who, if he wanted to be full-time at WWE, would be and probably get better and better. But to me, like, I don't know. I think it's just like the athleticism, the the, the amount of things that Bad Bunny did uh, probably is what got me. And that's taking nothing away from Logan sure. Paul. I just thought Bad Bunny's performance was an all-time. But let me ask you this. Are we, are we talking about strictly just wrestling inside the ropes? Because I feel like the overall package obviously had to go to Logan Paul. I thought... I thought he's six five. It seems like he seems like he's built to be a wrestler. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He can fight. He's a legit fight. I mean, I think the Bad Bunny's expectation was, oh, this is a performer who is amazing and can translate on the stage. But then you get him in there, and it's like, holy shit! You know, he was amazing, but you didn't expect it. I think you expected more because you saw what Logan Paul did in the boxing ring. You kind of felt the physicality was going to be there. So I feel like it's an unfair advantage to judge him sometimes because I was very impressed, especially with that split at the beginning and then Mysterio whiffed on the kick and then sold it anyway. But that whole sequence, I thought, wow, this guy's super athletic. And I thought the punches obviously looked legit. So for me, I thought he was better than Bad Bunny. But I think overall with the truck performance outside, the poor Ray Ray had to help with, the, the whole kit and caboodle last year, you know, it's like the packaging of Bad Bunny was amazing because you didn't, it was like a question mark. But I feel like, if you had to grade them, if you looked, if you just looked at the match, just the match alone, I think that Logan Paul was better. I really do. I I I think there's there's a there's an argument to be had here. 
I think that's a fair argument, but I still like Bad Bunny's better. I thought that I like that match better. Well, Bad better. Bunny's I, translate bad. You like Bad Bunny though, like as a person. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I enjoy Logan Paul for what he is too. No, no, no. I enjoy Logan Paul for what he is too. I think the kid is a freaking genius for how he's done himself. Like I, uh, that's why it's like even like. I like people that I don't like sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a bad bunny. Yeah. I didn't have as many expectations, but in terms of if I watch them back to back, I, I really, that bad bunny match, one of my favorite matches from last year, like total, I thought it was awesome. I thought priest was awesome in that match. Morrison was awesome in that match. The whole package, like everyone was good. And I thought bad bunny of the four was the best. Whereas this year, like, yeah, I like this match. It was a fun match, but to me, like it, it wasn't as good, but that's not to say it wasn't good. I still thought it was very good, but I just, I thought the bad bunny one was an all timer. Okay. Let's move on. Speaking of old-timers in WrestleMania, we head to the next match, which was a Raw Women's Championship match. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, and they, right off the bat, were teasing you with what happened at SummerSlam. Then they almost teased it the other way with Bianca doing it. Then they settled in, and I thought they had a hell of a match. Um, our boy TJ immediately nominated this for one of uh, the matches of the year for the Knockers Chicanery. later in the year. And as of this moment... I have two matches uh, that would be on my list. They both happen this weekend. The other one, maybe I'll hit on later. But uh, yeah, I think this is absolutely uh, a candidate. I thought this match was awesome. I think bell to bell. This probably was my favorite actual match of the weekend. Um, so yeah, I, I thought this match was awesome. And Bianca got her, her moment back. I just, I loved everything about this. I, we talked about this because we watched it live together, which again, kind of biases our opinion a little bit. But I will say this. I have been very hard with Becky Lynch. I have been very hard on her, excuse me. And so watching her, like, I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be one of those matches where I, I'm overestimating it a little bit. But I am completely blown away by that matchup. I, I think you and I agree. The, the first 26 seconds, we were like, oh, my God, they're going to do it. And that They was, had us twice. Had us twice. <laughs> so I will say this much. I know for, this is specifically for my boy Guthrie and other people, but more the detractors that, that is Nestlemania. Uh, I think this was Becky Lynch's best match since she's been back. By, I mean, by, yeah, I think absolutely. By this is far. Like match of the year. Yeah, but I, I, I believe like even I would even go as far as even before she had a kid. I think this is one of her best matches. Period. No, period. no, I agree with that too. Period. Yeah. Because I, I, I haven't remembered. I haven't remembered a lot of Becky Lynch matches that like for the match. But I can recall a lot of stuff in this match. Yes, it is you know a couple of days ago. But I think that she did a great job. I think the coming out in the you know four door sedan as we were joking, like it was just a regular car, and then the band comes out and she trumps her, and that was a great minute. Again, we talked about it. Like literally, the minute Bianca came down that ramp, we were like, "God damn it!" There's just something about her that's just so infectious and so fun, and you just no matter what happens, you want to root for her. And it's just maybe it's the hair whip, maybe it's the skipping, maybe it's, it's the damn smile. It's Everything. It's like the whole freaking package. You just look at her and you're like, I, I not that I'm a hater at all, but I mean, like you look at it and you think, man, there's there's literally nothing to hate about this woman. There's, no, there's I, not. I, you, and if you are, you're just making it up. You're fabricating because I think she's phenomenal. And I mean, Becky did a great job too. I like the scowl. I like the whole you know presentation of it all. So to me, this was worth the price of admission for Saturday. Just this match alone. And I think we agree that it was probably the best match of the night, maybe the best match of the weekend. We'll see. But I'm curious, you, you might be slightly biased, depending on what we talk about later. No, like I said, this was my bell-to-bell -bell best match. But Nestlemania, next up. And yep. next up was the moment. It was a moment for me that is an all-timer. It is a moment for me that I'll never forget. It seems like there are a lot of people who feel that way. I was genuinely surprised. Like, I thought it would be a positive reaction. But the with, like, how iconic and, like, momentous it felt, really blew me away. And then my favorite thing, we're obviously talking about Cody being Seth's opponent, was you sent us a clip of a behind the scenes um, 
like a quick, like two minute, three minute, four minute video that they put on YouTube. And he had just finished, like he's about, he's like below his entrance about to come out. And he was like talking to Brandy, blah, blah, blah. I was already getting like teary eyed. Anytime you see someone's like loved ones, like being proud for them, it always gets me, but he's about to raise up and you hear the line, like wrestling has more than one Royal family and the fucking pop. And Cody just kind of looks back and you couldn't exactly see his face. Cause it was at an angle, but it was just like, Holy fuck. Like that just, that got me hard. Cause it was like, even him, I think he was blown away by it, but there's video of me watching uh, this. And yeah, I was definitely like, I, I felt that moment. I was in a, it's very rarely that I get in a moment and I really feel like that. And I react like that. That's, that was a million percent genuine. I am so happy. Cody Rhodes has always been one of my favorite wrestlers. I obviously expected him here, but it was still one of those things until you see it, it doesn't really sink in. And I remember saying to like you and our boy, Ben, uh, as we were watching, I was like, even watching him walk out, having the American nightmare graphics everywhere, having the fucking 3d thing, him like having kingdom and his look. I'm like, it just doesn't, this feels like an alternate reality. It really did. And like, even as the match started, I was still kind of in that mode of like alternate reality, watching like the version of Cody Rhodes that he built after WWE, just walk into WWE as he is with nothing changed and challenging Seth freaking Rollins, who by the way, Seth, all-star everything his reactions like this match was awesome this is probably my I think probably the second best wrestling match to me of the weekend there might have been another match that i found more fun that maybe if we ranked like on a fun factor but this uh, i guess given a lot of time cody had the call back to start us right off the rip which freaking just got us even seth was laughing like i thought these two had a very good wrestling match cody got the big win in his return and i know i've talked a lot here but this is like one of the things I've been more passionate about in a long time. And it just, it delivered and then some for me. And I'm so excited for his future. You, you words can't describe how excited you were when we turned off the camera, when you were it, like, I just, it's funny. I'm never going to take that away from you because I, here's the thing. It's hard for me to get that excited for something anymore. I've seen Same. a lot. That's why for I've me, like it was, stop. And, yeah. for, and for you to get that excited, I was so happy for you because I, I this is why we watch wrestling, right? This is why we watch professional wrestling. It's not just sports entertainment. It's wrestling. And, and Cody even tweeted out, wrestling is a love story. So when you look at that and you think about it, it's just genuine. It's just genuine from top to bottom. And you couldn't help but feel for the guy. And you couldn't help but feel for Seth Rollins. It was a lot of fun. And all I could think about when I was watching this was, where do we go from here? And we'll talk a little bit later about what happens on Monday. But I, I just... I cannot think to myself, are they going to pull the trigger right away or are they going to make the kid work for it? Either way, it'll be an interesting story, but it, it proved more than anything else that there are a giant amount of conspiracy theories that we could go down for a different day. But the fact that he used AEW from the beginning is the most scrumptious one of all, uh, I think that's hilarious. Well, you don't think, I think people are like people are looking for reasons, but I think it's just one of those things. Like the way that I equate this is just like, think of some sort of, it doesn't even have to be a job. Think of a relationship you've had. And then sometimes and you think it's over and you go through those stages of like, after like a quote unquote, if you want to say like a breakup or like a setting apart, it's just one of those things. It's like you react so many different ways as you get through it. But for something like this, especially for like the thing that I always saw with Cody is like, this always was going to be unfinished business. It was just 
did he feel like finishing it? And I think it just is one of those things. Like he went out, he proved to himself. He did all these different things. Cause that was the biggest thing for me is obviously I was disappointed six years ago. Obviously there was a the money in the bank, I think, which was like seven years ago when he didn't get his chance. I was mad. Cause I'm like, Oh, they're never going to do it for him. And he saw that too. But maybe Vince was right because I don't know if that Cody Rhodes was ready for this next step, but the Cody Rhodes that left and proved that he could do it all around the world. And every big wrestling company, how helped create one and like just built this all by himself. This version is, I know, is ready. It's just like you said, are they going to do it quickly or are they going to kind of build them up and truly do that babyface journey, which honestly is kind of what I would prefer as much as along the way. Like, it'll probably hurt me if I watch him lose a match and get disappointed and get dropped down to the bottom. But, like, that's also part of the journey. But, and I think, like, it's one of those things you also, the longer you go, you always run the risk of things turning, especially with a guy like Cody because he is such a unique guy he does some things that aren't inherently like likable just because of how he is. Whether and it's not to say like that he, it's just it's just the way he is. He's one of those guys. He has like that face. Like he has a fucking neck tat. Like it just there's so many things he about uses Cody words that, nobody understands. Yes, there's a lot of things about him that aren't relatable. But at the same time, and we're gonna talk about this on Monday too. This particular story and this particular ascent that he will make to that world title at some point is completely relatable for a multitude of reasons. And I love that they are capturing that right away and that it just like, I am, I'm just thrilled that seeing the way the crowd reacted, especially at WrestleMania being like, man, first of all, I'm not alone, but it's like even people who maybe weren't the biggest Cody guys, they're appreciating this for what it is. And I think that's really cool because we talk about it all the time, especially in wrestling. It's, it's so hard to capture that. It's so hard to capture that. And as of this moment for the weekend, for now, they've captured it perfectly. Okay, let's move on. We will move on now to uh, Nestle's favorite March match of the weekend, Charlotte versus Ronda. Get out of here. Don't even I will say, say honestly, this, like, I, like I predicted, this match wasn't the worst thing in the world. I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. But this one was, I mean, the ending was just weird. And then obviously Charlotte does beat Ronda. But I, I don't know. We were watching this together, and I was going full Nestle because – Fucking dumbass Ronda. All she does is talk about how she wants to tap out Charlotte. She went for about 10 pinfalls in this match. So that shit, like I was going, I felt myself going full Nestle, but I thought in that place it was valid. But I mean, Charlotte winning was a surprise for me. It was a surprise, but I think it's funny when you say you went full Nestle because that'd be a bad thing for anybody else. But for me, I was sitting there going, oh, I could take a night off. Because you were sitting there, you complaining everything. I was, I was sitting there with my feet up talking to my boy Ben about Seamus bit and cut. And then you're sitting there, you know, talking about. <laughs> Poor fucking Sheamus, and then you're over there doing like, oh my god, I can't believe she's she kept going for pins. I'm like, one, okay, you're in the moment, but to do it over and over again, it's like, I mean, it's obviously not all her fault because there's a lot of things that go into these matches, sure. but it's like the whole story has been tapping her out. If you, like, why are you going for a pin? Because if for somehow you got that pin, that means you didn't tap her out. So it's just like, what are we doing? I know. I listen. I thought that the entire match was trash. Personally, I I don't. I I honestly couldn't think of a, a bigger reason to come in and defend it. Trust me, I tried. I love Charlotte, but this match to me was, this was, I, I, I can't even say what it really was. It was, it was just bad. You know what I mean? That's the way I look at it. I think they need, they need a redo. I don't think it's over. Oh, it's definitely not over. And it's just like, I don't think, Ronda Rousey doesn't like losing. We know that. So hopefully, maybe she got accustomed to it. I don't know. Over her time off. But I just, I don't know. There's something about it that I just, uh, I couldn't enjoy it. Not from any second. Maybe it was because you were yelling at the TV. I don't know. But it, it part of it probably was. But honestly, most of it was because it just looked like two people fumbling around the dark. Like, it didn't make any sense. It, it, looked, it looked like two animals fighting, which most of the time works. But, you know, 
It is what it is. What? What's the matter with you? <laughs> Two animals. <laughs> yeah, it didn't make any sense. Well, going from something that wasn't it was great cagey. to something it was that was also great and iconic, and that is the main event, the KO show, where Stone Cold comes out. We're getting all the stuff. We're getting the back and forth. It's a ton of fun. But then KO, like, this was something I don't know if we, like, actually expected. Maybe, like, party. Like, maybe it could happen, but it was like, no, there's no way. They had a match in WrestleMania, and it was a no-hold-bar match. And you know what? For a man who's 57 years old, I was cringing every time, especially when he took that suplex on the concrete stuff, but I thought Stone Cold held himself great. Uh, this was awesome. He beat KO in the match, beat him with the stunner. He won the stunner of all stunners. And even to cap off the night, he stunned Byron again in the rain. So I thought this this whole thing was an absolute blast. This was a lot of fun. This was an absolute blast for everybody that was around it. If you're a wrestling fan, you love it. If you're an Austin fan, you love it. You're like, KO did a great job. Like he he that is the master class on how to make somebody look good when Honestly, he didn't look good. We knew that Stone Cold was sloppy to begin with. I started to get nervous when I saw those punches. They were slop jalop like potatoes just, just coming in. Didn't make any sense. Didn't make any connection. I went, oh, boy, we're in for a rough night. And then it got better, progressively better over time. They started brawling and doing all these things, these little, you know, to the stage with the ATV and then back and forth and then all that stuff in between. It just kept us on our feet because I think it gave us such a shock. Like, it just gave us such a shock that we were watching something that we didn't think was ever going to happen 19 years ago. We thought that was the end of it. So when I was watching it with you, I, all I could think about was, can this fucking guy have more than one match? Because that's the thing I'm thinking about when I'm watching it. I don't think he should. No, I don't think he wants to. I think this, this to me, was perfect. I, I, perfect. I, I get it. I'm just saying the question is out there. People are wondering. I think it's, it's no, because I think yes. you'd have to have a brawl every time because... That's pretty much what he did in the back half of his career anyway. But, you know, I, I I think that Stone Cold did an amazing job. He had a hell of a time on Saturday, hell of a time on Sunday. We'll talk about that too. But, man, I was so excited for this. And now I look at it and I go, where does KO go from here? Doesn't matter. He's fine. No, I know you, No, I know he's fine. But, I mean, that's like a high, that's the highest you can get. Oh, I mean, he may have entered a WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Like that, like it just literally like there's not many more things you can do. And like, it's one of those things. It's like, this is why, this is why KO stayed because he can get himself in situations like this and opportunities like this because he's that damn good man. And yeah, you can, there'll be other moments where you're looking to be like, why is KO doing this himself? It's like, man, I think people forget when they swatch some of the stuff you see on WWE is that it can be a lot of fun, even if it's ridiculous. And there's something on Sunday we're going to talk about that we'll get to shortly about that too. But that wraps up night one WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania Jesus, WrestleMania of WrestleMania. Yes. Um, I think for the second straight year, night one was an absolute blast. I'm a fan of the two-night format. Um, but yeah, I'm curious if your stance has changed at all. I thought night one was great. I, everybody was saying night two couldn't deliver or even be the same. I'm curious. We'll see at the end of this if you think night two is better, worse, or the same. I loved night one, but there were a lot of things on night two that I was really excited about. Really yeah, excited. I'll put, I'll put it this way as we get to night two. My top three things were on night one, but that doesn't mean I didn't like night two because I think four through ten were all on night two. And one of those things listed kicked uh, right off the show after, obviously, Triple H left his boots in the rain. Uh, RK Bro in a super hot fire triple threat tag team match defeated the Alpha Academy and the Street Profits. And then even after the match... They went to do a little toast, which everyone was like, what are, what are they doing? Chad Gable comes in, swats the cup away of uh, Gable Steveson, who came in the ring to celebrate. And we got Gable on Gable crying, baby. So you know what? I thought I thought all this was fun. Even the stuff after I thought was fun. I think it was just an interesting way that to 
really introduce uh, Gable Steveson, who has the potential to be one of your biggest stars. Um, a good way to introduce him. And I thought it was a fun way to like Chad Gable to continue to do his thing. But also, like, I think the right team won in this match. RK Bro still over like Rover, so let them keep going. I did enjoy the match. I thought it was wonderful. It was a triple threat match. I was kind of hoping for Dawkins to turn on Montez or vice versa. I thought that'd be kind of a cool little ending. Of course, they do their celebration for Gable Steveson. Every time I hear Gable Steveson, I want to vomit because all I think about is what a terrible name. Like, I know we can't change it because he's an Olympic gold medalist. I know he's an NCAA champion two times over. He's a very impressive human being. Great look. Amazing. And then you get to the name and you're like, huh? Like, it's not Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? Like, that's box office name. But when you say Gable Steveson, you're like, my neighbor? The guy next door? Oh, that's just Gable. You get in the ring with him, you're not going to think he's your neighbor anymore. No, I know, I know. But then, like, if nobody, like, this is, this is, this is, this is something that somebody taught me a long time ago, right? Back in the day, when they put wrestling posters out, they didn't have pictures, right? So they just put wrestling posters out with names, right? So you'd have, like, people that, like, trained me where it was, like, Maverick Wild. You're like, what the fuck is that name? That sounds cool. So if you put, like, Gable Steveson on a fucking poster with just the name, you're like, who the fuck is Gable Steveson? Like, granted, nowadays people know because of social media, but I'm thinking specifically in terms of, like, you put a name on a poster and you're like, if nobody knew who Gable Steveson was, their thing would be, who? Right? Like, I'm not saying he's not important. I'm just saying the name doesn't scream star to a no to a nobody like me that would never have seen it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the kind of stuff I'm thinking of. They probably won't rebrand him, but I think having something just be like they can't call him just Gable, which would be great. But I don't know, like maybe I'm maybe I'm just you know. My guess is there'll probably be some sort of nickname at some point because I mean, it's the same thing. You put Steve Austin on a billboard. That's not an interesting name, but you make it Stone Cold Steve Austin sure. suddenly, like you know. So it's just it's I it's it's so early. It's one of those things. Like he clearly like we've like in the real wrestling, like we've seen it. It's it exists. Sure. So if he can like harness that star power, like he he could be up there with the Brocks and the Kurtz or whatever, but we'll see. He has to do it. It's, oh, yeah, I, I mean, we're he, still a ways away from that. It's you know? definitely, he's definitely a great signing and he's definitely going to move the needle. He definitely is. There's no doubt about that. I'm just saying the name for me is the one drawback where I look at it and I'm like, I don't think he's going to be as entertaining as Kurt Angle. I really don't. I don't think he's going to be as entertaining as Brock anybody can. Kurt Angle is an all-time great. No, I know, but I'm saying it's like, I, when I've looked, I, I really, my, my thing about Gable Steveson here is I don't know enough about him to really judge him fairly, Yeah. but I, but I will say this much. I look at him and I think this guy looks like he needs to be cracked out of his shell. Like he needs to be like, he looks a little timid in terms of like getting that entertainment value. That's what I'm going to, do you remember the first time we saw John Cena? Do you remember the first couple times we saw the rock? Ruthless aggression. It takes, it takes, it doesn't happen overnight. And this kid, he's, you know, if he works as hard as he, in WWE as he did throughout his collegiate career, I think he'll be okay. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe his debut comes at next year's WrestleMania. Who knows? Maybe it comes out like, we don't know. I, I, I just, I think he's a little ways away. But as we move on to WrestleMania, you talk about a clash of the Titans. We had Bobby Lashley, bigger than the stadium, taking on Omos, who's bigger than everyone. Uh, this match, I think, went about six minutes. And uh, Lashley gets the big win, which a lot of people got called an upset. Omos delivered his first loss. Obviously, we'll talk more about what happened on Monday. But in terms of WrestleMania, I was glad for the two years run that Lashley has had, I'm glad he got this moment at WrestleMania because he fucking deserved it. I was so bummed because that spear in the back looked so oafy that I just was like, what the fuck is this? And again, it's Bobby Lashley. It's Omos. It's a thing. And Omos is, you know, learning, and that's fine. And again, they they undid it on Monday, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, and, and the other thing I thought about was, well, why was MVP, uh, you know, not there, even though I think on the graphic they had him? 
So that was telling on Monday as well. But the other yeah, thing they that use I, that as a story, right? And exactly, I, I I am curious how you feel about it. But again, we can get into that later. But I do feel like the right man won. I didn't see it coming because I really thought Omos was just going to be treated like Andre the Giant, not lose for like two years or something like that, and then they'd waste it on something else like an end of days. But it's fine. It's fine. I mean, he's he's got a lot to learn, so a loss doesn't really matter. Losing doesn't really matter. Speaking of losing doesn't really matter, that can be more true in the next match. The most fun match of the weekend, I think. I put it fourth in my overall rankings of things on WrestleMania. Uh, Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. This was probably the most ridiculous thing I've seen in my life, but in all the right ways. I don't even care if like there were many botches along the way. It didn't matter. This match was fucking... The E in WWE, like this match was that to a T. Sami Zayn, you could tell, was having the time of his life. Even Johnny Knoxville having the time of his life. You're getting Wee Man in there. You're getting fucking Ass Boy in there. It's like Chris you, Pontius Party I know. Boy. I, call him, I call him Ass Boy because, you know, Ass Boys. Mm-hmm. Always. But it just, this match was a blast. I know you loved it because watching you, you were like a little kid watching this. You were just giggling the whole time. I Listen, I, I, everybody says no fun nestle, and that's fine. You can, you, 99% of the time, you're right. This match right here. <laughs> This is the 1%. This is the match that the whole weekend, the whole weekend had me in stitches, had me loving because this is what I grew up on when I was doing backyard wrestling with my boys. Just watching like Tony Spencer and the others, like all that footage, like this is what our quintessential nonsense was from like eighth grade to college when we did backyard wrestling. This was the, like the, no, we didn't do the hardcore shit. We did the stupid shit like this. And this was so much fun for me. I loved it. I, I can't speak higher volumes of Johnny Knoxville. The mousetraps on the tables, aye, aye, aye. Then the giant mousetrap was like the big kaboom. That I literally, Joe and I, we were watching. It was Josh. It was, sorry, who the fuck is Josh? Oh. JC, our boy Dommy Feds, my brother Ken, uh, and, uh, of course, the grammar troll, Joe Pollock. But the Joe Stopper and I were on one side, and we looked at each other, and we're like, this match isn't fucking over until that giant hand comes swinging in. And, like, not even, like, five minutes later it happened, and him and I were like, yeah, this is great. So it made us so excited, the May Young hand coming out of nowhere. You know, it's just everything was, like, and it, you know what I love about this, JC, was that it, like, incrementally got more ridiculous. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that's when you take somebody on a ride where it's like, boom, 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 you know, and you, you bump it up, and then it's just like, yes, the big kaboom at the end with the, the mousetrap was non nonsensical, but it was just like watching a goddamn Looney Tunes. You know, it was just, it was great. And Sami Zayn did an a, a amazing job make, 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 making, excuse me, Johnny Knoxville look like a million dollars, if not more. Johnny Knoxville should buy that man a steak or something. I don't know, anything. He probably already has. <laughs> but goddamn it, that was a lot of fun. And honestly, I, w- I was sitting there thinking this is my favorite match already, like of the weekend. It might be my favorite match. I'm going to put this match, we not, not match of the year, because that's just nonsensical. I get it. But can we make another category where just most fun match of the year? Because I think this is the most fun match. I don't know if there's going to be anything else to even exactly. be Exactly. There's nothing, there's that's, nothing that's going to be this much This is such fun. an anomaly. That's why it's such a standalone anomaly, and it was cool. And that was the beauty of, I think, why this WrestleMania is going to age so well for me, is there was... You had the amazing moment for me. You had the awesome match. Then you had this fun match. Then you had all the Stone Cold ridiculous. There was just like, it had a little bit of everything in all the best ways. But this was, when they said anything goes, this is what we hope for and then some. Next up, though, we finally got some uh, new champs. Because I don't know, besides Bianca, not a lot of new champs uh, really over the weekend. Sasha and Naomi win the women's tag team titles from Carmella and Zelina. Uh, Rhea and Liv. 
uh, they're doing something with them, which we can talk about for Monday. But uh, I was happy to see Sasha and Naomi win. Naomi hasn't been a champion, I think, since 2017. And Sasha had never won at WrestleMania and now finally has. So great for both those women. I think they were the only pick you needed. I, I really don't think the other three were that viable. Like, it just felt yeah. like we're moving on. We're doing something different. We need people that are going to be on TV every week. And that team was the only team that we knew, no matter what, Best thing for the had titles. to be on yep. TV. And those two will do a great job of keeping those belts relevant because, honestly, they haven't been. So that's all I got to say about that. Next up, we have uh, a match that had a lot of hype coming in, uh, Edge and AJ. I thought it was still a very, very good match. We kind of talked about how it couldn't really live up to what it was, but I kind of equated this to, like, the the Edge-Randy feud where, like, the WrestleMania one was going to be, like, over-the-top whatever. I think when Edge and AJ fight again, I think that match will be the one that really is amazing because our expectations will come out down a bit. But the takeaway from this is that uh, Damian Priest came out and officially joined Edge and helped Edge uh, get the victory over AJ. You know, as a, as an AJ Styles fan, as an Edge fan, or at least this version of Edge, I was I was deeply hurt. And again, I wasn't judging it fairly. I was very excited for this. This was my dream match. And I felt like this was more along the lines, an ilk, if you will, of the AJ Styles Nakamura match at WrestleMania where you were like, this is going to be awesome. And then it started to get awesome after the fact because you're like, yeah. oh, Nakamura turned heel. Like all these other things happen. And I get that sometimes WrestleMania has endings to a feud. And sometimes WrestleMania has starts to a feud. So I get that. And I guess that's the only fair assessment I can make of this match because I felt like nothing really happened that I can remember except the finish. Like I can't no, really, no, that and him I hitting can't. the wall at the beginning and people wondering what the hell he got the, you know, Dave Meltzer reporting it's a fucking pyro, like a fucking moron. Yeah, even though you clearly see the video of him walking into the yeah. fucking set. This shows you why, why, why give power to that, that childlike man. I don't know. Five stars, five stars. Seth Rollins had the Yelp best comments review. about that. If Yelp you want to find those, uh, yeah. if you want to find the comments about him. But uh, next up, WrestleMania, we have something that was cut from night one. And you know what? They might Should as well have, have cut it from night two because Team Sour Cream defeated the New Day in about a minute and a half. Sour cream. Someone said that on Twitter and I fucking lost it. It's uh, Seamus Ridge uh, with uh, Butch. Butch, Butch, Butch acting like the like scrappy do or something. Why like, I oughta? Yeah, it's just so like I'm gonna get him. <laughs> I'm weirdly enjoying it. I understand why people like maybe don't love it, but I kind of like it because it just it's it's fun. It's just nonsensical that Seamus and Ridge would stop somebody from from fighting. Like it just doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's like why are they the bigger people? They just picked a fight with New Day and then they dropped their favorite guy on the head and like there's just there's just all of this this whole thing was just like I love the fact that they wore Big E's gear. I thought that was a tremendous that was tribute. Cool. That's awesome. But I just felt like there was probably so much more in this match that could have happened and I felt so bad for all six or all five I guess that they couldn't get what they wanted and I that's the that's the danger of being on the WrestleMania card and like they had no matches on the pre-show, no matches on the kickoff, which I think pre-show with no matches. And I like, think that's where that was the, that was the wrong downfall. I think like adding the new day during the kickoff of one of the nights would have been helpful and potentially maybe having that woman's tag match. I get that. You know, we can have an argument with Sasha and Naomi. Don't go. I think that guys, was like, fine where it was, but I would have done is I would have maybe done a U.S. I would have won. I would have done one match each night. Cause yeah. obviously the crowd probably doesn't filter into a little before. So maybe do one a half hour before the show, give them like 20 minutes. I would have done the new day. Sheamus night one, and then either have Ricochet or Finn defend a night two. Yeah. Cause since those weren't on the cards, cause I thought besides that, like, cause this pretty much like was a stopgap. Like this wasn't, it didn't add much to the night and it didn't take much away. Cause it was, 
was so quick. It was but a it let just me like, up match is what it was. Yeah, it was like we cut like some of our biggest stars the night before. They were upset, so we want to make sure they get out there. And I'm glad they did because I still – I'm glad that New Day got to do their Big E tribute, and I'm glad that the Sheamus boys, the new faction, got to be on WrestleMania and kind of like for Ridge and not uh, – Butch, it's their first one, so that's cool. But next up, WrestleMania. I mean, this was just this was just. You want to talk about the, what it turned into became one of the most ridiculous things ever. But McAfee and Theory, we'll start there. Was the match a lot of fun? Pat McAfee picks up the win, uh, but then it's just like Vince McMahon's upset, and he comes, and we get another match of Vince versus Pat McAfee, and it's just like. Vince wins and just it's like uh, Vince saw Austin wrestle the night before. I was like, damn it, I can do it too. And then, of course, you were saying the whole time, the internet was saying the whole time, when's Austin going to come out? He does. Uh, theory, probably one of the best sells ever to a stunner where he just launched himself in the air and flopped around. Then Vince with one of the worst sells ever to a stunner. And then Pat McAfee with one of the most iconic sells to a stunner with the beer in the air. And then at ringside, they cut to him half days, just chugging a beer, laying down. It's just like this, like was again, much like the night before. It obviously wasn't as good as the night before, but this was just so much fun. Like I had so much fun. That was why Sunday is just like, I, Saturday I still liked better because of the high points, but Sunday was just so much fun, and this was again another part of it. I did I did really appreciate how much Theory and McAfee went at it. I thought that was amazing. Pat Pat McAfee wanted to do this, so as like a person as a boyhood dream that's always wanted to wrestle and then like got the chance to wrestle in front of a live crowd. Like I get and delivered. Yeah, he delivered, over delivered in a lot of ways. So like I yeah. that that I was already cheering for him. You know what I mean? But then you see what happened afterwards, and you're like, you know, the Mr. Burns uh, meme that's out there with the Simpsons is, is hysterical for McAfee and, and McMahon. But that happened because, you know, he can say he wrestled Vince McMahon. Not many people can say that either. And then Stone Cold gave him a stunner. It's like that literally, like, like even if he never gets another moment, what a what a fucking, like, triage of moments that he had there. Like, it was just he like... He had, like, five He moments. had six or seven at this point. Yeah. Like, he had six or seven WrestleMania moments in one, well, two and a half matches, I guess. You know, it's like, man, that... And that that's you you can't put a price on that. You can't you really can't. No. He was one of the MVPs of the weekend. I thought that that was a blast. And just like how over he was. It's like just everything he did. It's just like, man, he is he is a special, special talent. And on WrestleMania, we have one thing left uh on the WrestleMania card, and that is the main event, the most stupendous, greatest, biggest, whatever you want to call it, match ever. Uh title unification, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. This uh, was a pretty typical Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match. The thing that I said going in is that I was only here to watch Roman Reigns posing with both belts. We got that. It uh, ended very abruptly. He possibly might have injured himself. We don't know. It appears he did. But on Monday, they didn't really give us answers. We have to watch SmackDown. But uh, we got what we needed with Roman reigning supreme. It's just uh, the big takeaway is what comes next. That match didn't really do anything for me. It felt no, like it was just kind of there, you know, and, yeah. and that's fine. I, it's a, I always feel like the main event often gives you the uh, I already got your money, so fuck you kind of feeling. And that this is what I felt like. But again, you know, what, what did you really want out of this? We've seen him do it three times. Uh, so I looked at it like, okay, he raises the belts. We'll find out if the tricep or bicep is a real thing, I'm sure, on Friday. If it does, it leads to a litany of awesome possibilities because I think Raw is stacked, absolutely stacked now. With viable yeah, heavyweight was, champions. I was running through the names with Dom in the thread, and I just kept adding more. I got it up to, like, 16 people that could, like, be an awesome yeah. tournament. But it's just, like, I think the big question is, is if they do, if Roman does have to vacate the title, 
Do they split them again or do they keep it as one? I hope to God they'd split them, but. I would think you'd have to split them because it just seems like, because here's, here's the, and I guess we can get into this being part of the shine or regular part of the program. When I look at it this way, very quickly, I would, not that I want anybody to be injured because I think he's doing a fantastic job. I think him holding those belts is better than, that's, that's option A to me, but anything else is option yes. B through Z. But I will say this much. If he is, you know, injured, right, and they do have to, you know, I would break off the titles, right? But what I would do is create, like, an absurd amount of brackets, right? Like, I mean, like, 64. Like, let's do March Madness. Just for the, just for the idea of, like, he made a comment, uh, he being uh, Roman Reigns, saying, I went away during the pandemic and nobody could hold my fucking, I'm not going to say what he said, but, like, nobody could hold my spot, essentially. And uh, he's not wrong. Right, like somebody tried, but I mean, like, you have a Drew McIntyre on SmackDown. That's great, but on Raw, you've got like fourteen guys that could really do something. And then there's like, you know, the people that would be like the Cinderellas and stuff. And I think that's important. I think that you need to have that stuff every once in a while. I don't want a fucking battle royal. I don't want a six man or six pack challenge for one night. Like that doesn't do anything for me. A tournament, something like this, and you might buy Roman some time. Right, like the longer this tournament could go. Imagine if, like, the whole tournament happens, he comes back the night the person gets crowned. Like, it, then it's just like, thank you for my title. You know what I mean? And it's just like, <laughs> you just buy time. You just buy time until he comes back, if that's the case. Because, honestly, he would just, he, he'd still be part of the, he'd be the champion still. It'd be great. And imagine, um, this is absurd, I know, but follow me down this hallway for 30 seconds, maybe. Imagine, like, imagine this happens, right? Like, at the end of the night, we have this giant pay-per-view and it's like, I'm just throwing out two names. We have Cody Rhodes with the red belt and Drew McIntyre with the blue belt. And they're just sitting there with Pyro, the whole fucking shabam. And then, of course, out comes Roman Reigns with his sets of fucking belts. And then we have to have this enormous three-way for four belts in a ladder match. So just be obnoxious. I think it'd be hysterical in a way. I'm just saying. I, I think there's a lot of fun that could be had. But again, option A is always the best with the Roman Reigns on top. Yeah, I think that's my ideal scenario, too, is that not only option A with him both belts, but I want him to have to defend both belts separately uh, because I just think that would be so cool to see someone have to, like maybe on a pay-per-view, open and close it. You know, I just think stuff like that is just, it's it's it leaves so many more possibilities, but if for some reason he does, I agree 100% a tournament, man, because that's how you get the most legs out of it and you get the most intrigue and you can really build up people. Even the people who lose in that tournament, you're still creating stories and moments along the way, so. I think that's a win-win. But WrestleMania, like you said, we are in the shine, always in the shine, much like Mandy Rose, who successfully defended her Women's Championship in a Fatal 4-Way. And what I thought was my favorite match from the NXT card in a card that was full with all good matches, that was my personal favorite because that match was a car wreck in a good way. But we're starting in the shine, and I'm starting on Monday Night Raw, and I'm starting with the opening to Monday Night Raw because, God damn it, man, that that Rhodes with the freaking neck tat has me by the fucking strings. Like he comes out with another great entrance and the crowd going nuts. And he just gives this speech. And it was just like when, when the crowd had to get loud, they got loud. But when they had to be silent, you could hear a pin drop because everyone wanted to listen to what he has to say. He has us all in the fucking palm of his hands at this time. It's not going to last forever, obviously. Cause like most things, the more you see it, the more it goes down. But for this, like, like current, like thing, like, man, that was special. I loved the speech. I loved everything about it. And I loved what happened at the end of the speech when Seth Rollins interrupted him and came out. 
And we didn't know what it was going to get. Cody simply tosses the mic, puts out his hand, and you're like, oh, are we going to get a rematch? But instead, this is kind of how I wanted it to go because I want both to move on. Seth shakes his hand the only way Seth can with the obnoxious. <laughs> and really, I thought in that moment, solidified himself because the crowd's been saying it for a while. And in this segment, you saw it too. He's full on babyface as well. So now you have suddenly, I think these are like, you're looking at the top two babyfaces on Raw. You're looking at two of what I believe are the three men who could be the ones to beat Roman along with Drew. Uh, cemented, running a parallel journey, trying to get to that title. So I just thought this was obviously the high point, I think, of the Monday from Raw. I think the first hour was great. The last two hours, not so much. But starting off with this man, like I watched this again yesterday morning. It just like I was still it just it's just gripping. It's gripping television, which we always we don't always get on a week to week basis. So I'm really appreciating it. You're being very nice. Like it's just it's funny to me because of how much you love him and how much you're excited for him. But it's it's genuine. So I, I get it. I did. I did get very. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say teary eyed. I got emotional when he started talking about the championship. His dad held but didn't win because it was count out or disqualification or something from Bruno. I think he has a WWF belt that I think. Yeah, he said on the bump this morning he actually does have that yeah. championship. And I understand, yeah. like, listen, listen, I'm I'm not gonna make comments about anybody saying their dad's their hero. Like, that's that's the way life should be, right? So, to see him talk about his dad that way, that's awesome. And then, the story of him never having it, and the story of, you know, people say Dusty Rhodes is one of the best ever, right? But is he the best ever? Not in necessarily the WWE's version of what the best ever is. So there's that huge question mark there, right? Like they 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 acknowledge people outside of the WWE, obviously, but they don't they don't hold certain people the same way. Like so I think that by having, you know, Cody Rhodes win the big one, that's gonna be an emotional moment for everybody. But I think that what it's gonna do is gonna it's gonna take Dusty, it's gonna take Dustin, it's gonna take all of them and elevate them into a conversation differently because they, for the lack of a better term, they've been the enemy like the, yeah, from the 100%. WWE. And I think that, and I, not that I'm saying like they, they're hated or anything like that, but I feel like all three of them in their own form have gone, okay, fuck it. I'm going to go somewhere else. And, and they've done something and they've done, they've done well for themselves and they've come back and you know, they've, so I think there's just, there's something about all three of those men that can be, a, they can be a case for, they deserve better. They deserve to be in the conversation for a lot of different things, and they're not. Because, again, the WWE, most of the time, kind of rewrites history because the winners can rewrite history. So it's tough because Dustin deserves a lot of credit, you know? And I think, I forget who it was. I don't know if it was Dom or Joe. Somebody said... It was definitely Joe. What's the second word in his name? Troll? Yeah. Okay. So he, always Joe. he was saying it should have been Dustin's, uh, you know... It should have been Dustin's story, but that's fine. I mean, that, that's probably the nicest way to say it. But, uh, it, you know, Cody Rhodes is Cody Rhodes. He, he's in the right place at the right time right now. He, he couldn't be hotter. 100%. And that's why for this particular run and ascent, it's perfect. What happens after that, he'll probably become like the biggest heel again because it's, again, he's Cody Rhodes. Like, he's not the most relatable human. But for this storyline, he is. Uh, that moves me on WrestleMania. And I'm actually going to jump away from WWE for my next part of the shine because there's I, I hinted at another match being a potential match of the year. Boy, Don, I'm at work Friday night, you know, just doing my thing. In post game, I like to dial up the thread, kind of see what the boys are saying, maybe fire some people up. But uh, Dom told me, he's like, JC, you have to watch FTR Briscoes. And I was like, all right, 
I'm in. How do I watch it? He gave me his log and I appreciate it. First thing I did when I got home, I had SmackDown ready in the queue, but I'm like, I'm going to watch this first because Dom said watch it on Ring of Honor Supercard. And I absolutely love this match. Uh, he recommended it to me specifically because he knows I love tag team wrestling, much like him. And this was porn, if you're a fan of tag team wrestling. These two teams had never met. The Briscoes aren't even really a team I like. Even when I used to watch Ring of Honor, they weren't, they were never a team that I really liked, but I always respected them. But you just like their style with FTR style put together, like you knew it was going to be like a physical fun match. And it was. And I love seeing FTR win and add to their belt collection. So for me, yeah, this is, uh, this is up there with Becky and Bianca for match of the year. I loved it. I know you saw it as well. Uh, didn't think as highly as maybe I did as it, but I just thought this match had a really fun story and it was given a good amount of time. I think you're, uh, you said you wanted a little more time though. I thought it got cut too short. I thought that I wanted more, which people are going to be like, oh, Nestle wanted longer than 20 minutes. I know, minutes. like a 30 minute oh, match. I know, right? So, you know, it, but again, I think it, it's kind of abruptly ended. You know what I mean? And I think that- the, I think it, that's fair. I think it got good, uh, not good. It got better. It, like it was good regardless. But I mean, at the end, it was getting very good. So for me, I look at it like, I just wanted to see a little bit more. I want to see a couple more falsies. I want to see a little bit more chicanery. And then of course the young cucks come out and do their thing. And it's just like, okay, I, I get it, but- you could have done that another time. I get that they were trying to pull out surprises, and they did. They pulled out a lot of surprises. But uh, I could have done without it because I felt like the FTR thing was a big, important moment for them. And I felt like the Young Bucks kind of, like, slid in there. And I get you can you can kind of write that into the story, and that's fine. But, like, I love FTR. Like, I do. I think they're, right now, they're not the best tag team in the world. I think they're in the conversation for it. But I think there's an argument to be had. You can you can say who you want. It doesn't matter if it's WWE, AEW, TNA, whatever. I would say the Usos and the Young Bucks are the teams on. But I think them. like on pay like and the fact when I and I hear that they want to leave a legacy, they want to leave a legacy, and they they probably across the board have held more titles in different places than other people, which is again a very important thing to say. But I don't think people are going to appreciate FTR in the moment. They're not going to appreciate what they're doing at you know right now. They're going to appreciate FTR like the Midnight Express. When you watch tape of the Midnight Express, or if you watch like all these other people, Arn and Tully, like you watch all these like tacticians, the Heart Foundation, the Rockers, like they don't get kind of like what we just talked about. They don't get justice in the moment. Sometimes they don't get justice at all. So you got to go out and and do these things because I feel like the Young Bucks are always going to be higher than everybody else. They're flashier. They are, but here's the other thing. That's a bad thing. No. They just are like uh, the FTR is the least flashy team out right. there. But that's part of the reason why they've become what they've become because they just do it a different way. They're unique. They are that old school, but it's not someone where the fans are going to always look at and be like, Oh yeah, they're my favorite. They're not doing the flies like the Usos or the dancing like the new day or the super kicks and posing like the young bucks. Like they're not even like, if you compare them like the Lucha brothers to do all the high spots, they're just, that's not who FTR is. So I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. But to me, they are my favorite tag team of all time. Oh, they are the best same tag team period. I so. see. I I don't think they're the best tag team period. I don't. And I think. Who would you put one for? Like forever? Like the best for, tag team for, ever? Currently? No. no oh, currently. currently, for yeah. me, and I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this. I think it's the Young Bucks. I really do. I, I, I think them, the Usos, or FTR. Those are those are the three right answers. I, I can't I, say any of those me, are wrong. When I look at it, I look at it from the scope of everything. Right? Like the Usos are are just standard green, evergreen, always going to be good. Like. Fantastic. FTR, there's a, there's a missing ingredient there that we've talked about. In my opinion, there's a missing ingredient. And I think that's, it. unfortunately, it is the sports entertainment part, portion of what they do. 
That's why I will always stick with the Young Bucks. Are they nonsensical? Sure. That's probably the word of the day. I've been using it way too much. But it's flash, substance, and like a little bit of like, they just know how to poke and prod people. And I'm, I'm a stickler for that stuff. Like, if you know how to get heat without even wrestling, you got me. You got me. And they know how to do it. Putting shoes, you know, with tacks on and doing random shit and getting upset and doing... Like, you gotta... Uh, by the way, you gotta watch BTE a little bit more because they're doing a fantastic job of of not wrestling and making a joke I only got it. so much hours in a week. That's I know what you're saying. Doesn't that come out on, like, Monday or Mondays. Tuesday? It comes out on Monday. Yeah, you know what the problem with early in the week is? That's when I'm preparing for this. I'm trying to jam in all my golf, like, betting. And on a UFC bet, like, it just is, like... It's an overload for my brain. I don't really have time for the extra stuff. Until we get to like Thursday or Friday. All right. The beginning of my week is so so. It's just one of those things that always gets left in the cutting room floor. Because I watch the clips that people put out, but yeah, I, it's hard for me to watch the whole thing. I own JC only only has so much time for these babies and these babies the to go papers. to work. You know the papers. I know. But uh, from someone who, uh, from people who are good at getting a reaction, and you know maybe do a Young Bucks pose because Kevin Owens uh, did one in a dark match of Raw against Cody Rhodes, and a match that I can't wait to see someday when it's on TV or pay per view. But uh, he also was on Raw and WrestleMania. And he was doing his thing. Uh, this is why I said Ross started so so much fun. You had this, then you had the the Sasha Naomi uh, live Maria match, and then I believe you had this after this. And this was our first uh, surprise of the night. Where out comes this name pops in the jumbotron, Ezekiel. And at first I was like, Ezekiel Jackson's got to be like ninety because I'm thinking I'm like what? It was like, and then all of a sudden he walks out, and I just burst out laughing. I was like, <laughs> neutered Elias. It's literally just. You had the reports of that he shaved his head, but he actually shaved his beard and he looked ridiculous to me. I was laughing. I, I loved it personally. And he comes in the rain and KO, man, this is why KO is a fucking legend. Just being like, Elias? Like, so he literally, Kevin Owens encapsulated how we were all feeling on our couch was just like, they're making fun of like name changes, first of all, because we knew Elias is getting repackaged because he's dead. But they just like went extra hard in this segment to make fun of the fact that they changed it. He goes, No, no, I'm Elias' younger brother. And I was just like, it was one of the more ridiculous segments. And this is coming from where we just had like the like a bunch of ridiculous things over the weekend. And I'm just like, what the fuck did I just yeah. watch? I will say this much. This is an additional hope for me when I watched it. I thought they need to go full tilt with this I'm not Elias thing. They need to go full like just deep dive into it. And have him get to a point where it's like Rick Boogs is out for six months. He just comes up to Shinsuke Nakamura and be like, I think I can play the guitar. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like, he, and then he starts playing like he's replacement Boogs. <laughs> and then Boogs comes back and he's like, dude, what the hell? And then it's just like this awkward moment of being like, Shinsuke, who do you pick? And he's like, never mind. I'll pick both of you. And then there's like a band. It'll be great. Oh, my God. Like at least there's entertainment value in that, right? Yeah. I think there's something like have him do a lie detector test. Whatever. Like it would be like there's so many things you can do with Ezekiel. So like I laughed because I went, Well, it's something. You're right? Like at least it's something. He's back. He's back. He's, He's back. back. I think that's the most important thing. And the other thing too is my friends everywhere in the New England area were like, Tony Spencer looks phenomenal. They think I can see it, man. <laughs> Tony Spencer looks like a million dollars. Which again, I've always thought very highly of Tony Spencer. So it's just funny, like Tony always made a joke, I want to be on TV. I mean, this is as close, but I mean, good lord. <laughs> That, I mean, that outfit was a little, little. I mean, revealing with the weird gauntlets and whatnot. But, I, you know, Ezekiel, I like it. I think it's I think it's a positive. I'm here for the ride, man. I'm here for the ride. Right, um, I, just have, I have a quick shine on SmackDown. Ricochet uh, defeating Los Lothorios to retain his title. If you haven't seen the finish to this match uh, with the freaking uh, 630 into the recoil, 
that was fucking amazing. But you know, it was a retain. Kaboom of the week. No, it yep. wasn't really Kaboom of the week, but it was fun. It was definitely fun. It was Kaboom of Friday leading into the week. It was a good appetizer for what we saw over the weekend. But Nestlemania, let's, do, you, are, do you have any more shine? Or would you no, like let's to just get into the heaty stuff. Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. There's a lot of negatives that can be had here. I don't really think we should talk about SmackDown because SmackDown seemed like no, kind of- No, bad. that's all I wanted to mention was Ricochet. Okay. I For me, I look at it this way. It's just like, okay, we get into this point where Veer comes in. Destroys Dom. Again, job Miz alert. Dom, first of all, in like job 30 alert. seconds. Do- job which was alert. shocker. Yeah. Miz getting two straight wins. They're like, what are they doing with Miz? That's interesting. But yeah, yeah building him then up. Veer makes his debut here and just fucking. Not a baseball player. Not a baseball player. Apparently, Guthrie's very upset that he wasn't in, uh, you know, Oakland Athletic gear uh, doing his thing. I didn't even know that was a, a real, like, conversation until you guys had that thing in front of me where I was just like, I had no idea that they were. And a movie made after him. Yeah. I just, I didn't even know that. I had no, I was so, I was so, like, naive to the fact that he was a big deal. Already. So he did that thing. He came. He finally arrived. And then... He's in his first match next week on Raw against Ray. so... I mean... It's a thing. Yeah, he's I here. Just, I looked at it like this. He's on TV, positive. He's doing something against Mysterio, positive, because you know Mysterio does great with big guys. But he's facing Dom and Mysterio, like eventually right so he like he wasn't he part of a tag team like why are we took him a part of the tag team like it just it seems odd and it, it, it's just it's an odd shoe in like you had months his, and months his, to plan. his old partner uh is getting a, a tag team title shot in nxt so. with your boy waller yeah it's, yeah and a sling we'll talk about that later but yeah, yeah but no, it, it's just, it just it leaves a weird taste in our mouth and like and people were like he's not a baby face it's like why is he? Why would you think he's a babyface? Look at the guy. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I thought the only way it was going to be a babyface is if he came out with a ridiculous like Brodus Clay type gimmick. Because sometimes they do that randomly. But I was like, if not, like this guy seems like a heel. He's, he's supposed to be an ass beater, you know. You said ass. Nestle didn't like that. Speaking of ass beaters, uh, we were supposed to have a women's tag team match uh, with Zelina and Carmella, and we literally get and their opponents. And then Zelina grabbed the mic and does what she does best. Cut a super hot fire promo. I love Zelina. Breaks up with Carmella, who then makes out with Corey Graves uncomfortably. And there was a woman in the front row that was all of us just like, ugh. But my biggest heat, the reason why I put this in the heat Nestlemania is like, I really wanted to know who those opponents were going to be. Because what if it was supposed to be a surprise? What if it was Raquel and Dakota getting called up? What if it was Asuka and Bailey coming back? Well, like, you know what? We we're never going to get to know now. We got to wait. We're never going to know who those opponents were. I feel like this was not a Raw after Mania. This felt like a real, just generic the Raw. The first hour was, because that's literally when we had the Cody, you had the women's tag champs, and then you had the Ezekiel and the Veer. But after that, it just was like a WrestleMania Fallout mid-episode. Yeah. I think t- I think next week will be a bigger episode. I think in terms of like the, re- the returns and debuts and stuff. Getting some stuff too. Yeah, I think we're guess. I think we're headed. To, I think we're gonna get some Friday and then Monday. I think that's the way they're gonna operate it. I think. I mean, yeah. I don't know anything, but I'd be like that seems like a general pulse to have. Anything else that's very heady for you? I mean, I will say it's and I just it's weird because the reason why this is heat is because it hurt my heart. But MVP uh, turning on Bobby Lashley inside with a mask it hurts my heart because this is the official end of the hurt business. Like all the strands are apart unless if I'd Shelton and Cedric is going to be the hurt business, which is fine with me. You know, I was waiting for them to run out and come and save their boy Bobby for one last chance of redemption, but it didn't happen. But I mean, honestly, Omas needed a manager. MVP's one of the best managers. They make a lot of sense together. This story, like you alluded to earlier in the show, makes a lot of sense because Bobby didn't need MVP, so why should MVP stay with him then? Bobby got a babyface reaction of all babyface reactions, even on Raw, which surprised me. So, 
you know, he's going to get a chance on his own. But yeah, it's uh, I'm curious your take on MVP siding with Omas. I think it's a smart move. I think that this is the next layer for Omas. But I, I, I'm just curious because Lastly is such a, I did not expect him to be so good with the babyface reactions. Like I thought he was still going to need to be a heel. Crowd started chanting Bobby. He's and over, went, man. He's I over. think everyone appreciates what Bobby Lashley has done. And it just, it makes him, it's not going to last forever, no. but for the short term, he's a, he's a big baby face. I think it works. I think it works finally. Yeah. I mean, for years and years and years, you're thinking this isn't going to fucking He'd work. He'd be a good first feud for Roman because Lashley obviously like never really got this chance back of the title. He's an over baby face. If they did Lashley, Roman and Roman drew, like that's a pretty tall task for Roman. If that's the road they go on. So, yeah. And I think, you know, I think Omos, can have a slower build with MVP and MVP did wonders for Lashley. So maybe that's where they're hoping that they can strike trap, you know, strike again gold with MVP because if they yeah. can make Omas a big deal, like they did with Lashley, the, the more stars they make, the better off they're going to be. And here's the note about Omas. It's just like a lot of his segments, like as you're watching, wow. they kind of seem to underwhelm a little bit, but like consistently, like, if you're looking at like little metrics and things of how you can view people like interest in it, his YouTube numbers after every show are shockingly high. Like he's, he's up there with Cody and the Roman segment as like the top segments of raw over a million and a half views already. Like you just, people see this big fucking guy and they're interested. Like that's why Omos is going to be given every opportunity. And I think if you're going to go all in a guy like that, put him in the best position to succeed. And that's MVP. That's fair. So we did have a title change in WrestleMania on Raw. And the reason why I put this in the heat is I'm happy Braun got his title back, but this is always my thing when you do, especially after a guy loses, not only two days ago in a title match, and you immediately just give him another title opportunity unearned, that's the worst thing you can do for a babyface, man. Because how does that make you want to like cheer for someone? You know what I mean? It's just like you build a baby face by making them earn it. And Braun, you know, whatever you can say, like if there was some chicanery, which I don't really think there was Ziggler won pretty clean. That match, by the way, on Saturday was really good. This one on raw wasn't as good, but Braun wins the title uh, back finally, just two days after they have another one. And then obviously he defended it again on NXT on Tuesday night. So three title matches in four days. That's a lot of Braun breaker, but I just, I never love when you go back to it that quickly. I understand why they did it. They, they wanted it to be a big shock on raw. And I guess, I mean, you get a title change out of the raw after mania, but I don't know. I just think they did Braun a little bit of a disservice. Cause it's one of those things. Like I get the mantra of like, he feels like one of those guys that's being shoved down your throat from WWE. But then, like, you watch him in the ring, and you're like, wow, this kid's pretty good. How long has he been wrestling? Like, that's kind of really what I did on Tuesday when he was fighting Gunta in the main event. That match was fucking awesome. Like, I didn't expect it. I thought it was going to be a boring, like, slap fest. That match was fucking great. And it's just like, how long has Braun been wrestling? So it's one of those things. It's like, they need to put him in better positions where they can't, like, make a crowd want to turn on him like they kind of did on Monday and Tuesday, I think. That's a, that's a fair assessment because I feel like, I was getting I was getting a little Braun fatigue. Same, I, I, and I think and I love him, and I think I love him. But it, I looked at when I was watching him against Gunther, all I could think about was, well, Saturday was one thing where I, where they they called it, which I thought was a terrible call in commentary, where they were basically calling out Braun Breaker for saying he doesn't have enough moves. Which again, I know he's inexperienced, so I get that. But I feel they're like trying to make him fucking Cena, right? Exactly, and I'm like, mm, you, you know, you're getting that Cena vibe. I get it, but. There's something about it that just didn't sit well with me. And then the Monday thing happened. Whatever, I can deal with that. Tuesday, I thought was more egregious, but that's probably because Gunther and the rest are coming with him, you know, to a you know a new place. But all I could think about was you wasted it on a Tuesday just to jam. Yeah, no, that, it, it was that match was awesome, but it did feel like 
It, it felt less special. Like, like, it felt less special yeah. that Braun Breaker won because they wanted to get to the Joe Gacy thing. Which is a whole, you know, entire. Which was awesome. No, I know some I people are just like you went. You went from Dolph Ziggler to Gunther to Joe Gacy. Oh, dude! If you, if uh, here's the thing, because they haven't done much with Gacy and Harlan like the last little bit ever since uh, Brian Kendrick got thrown down the stairs and then left and then got canceled. Like that was the whole thing. They haven't done much with these guys, but Joe Gacy is fucking special, and like. It's one of those things like everything he does is going to be controversial, whether you like it or dislike it. So it's just like, I'm in for that. He, this is going to be good television. And this guy promo wise is off the charts. And he seems to have a really good heavy because Harlan seems like immensely talented. I love that they're going for Braun because I think that type of feud can really help us get Braun back what he needs. You know what I mean? It felt like I was watching an episode of Batman. You know what I mean? Like, oh. it's just like, it's like it's so good, Bronson. I'm so proud of you, fish tank <laughs> close up. And then it's just like, well, 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 I've been expecting you, you know, it's just like it just seemed, yeah, it's just weird. Like, I told you, family wasn't he does. Important. He looks like a Batman villain, yeah, he's perfect. It's just it, it, got the crazy eyes. Yeah, it just looked like I was watching the animated series as a kid, like you know, like Clayface or something. It was weird, it was very <laughs> odd, very, very odd, but yeah, it. Again, you're interested in it because you want to see where it goes. So, you know, they yep. left it with a cliffhanger. So, I guess I know what they're doing. I don't know. Do you want to get hopeful? Let's that's get all hopeful. I got. Yeah, let's get all right. hopeful. All right. I'll start it because that's something. I've come up with a hope. Glorious. You're my only hope because we haven't really hit on this much. Uh, Damian Priest joining Edge and kind of creating, like, this new. It seems like there might be more pieces to be added. Um, I think it'll be like a slow ad because I don't think they need it right away. I believe uh, AJ Styles is facing Priest next week on Raw. Um, so I'm sure there'll be chicanery, but I'm kind of looking, I'm like, if they're really going to build this up into a full on stable, I'm trying to look for guys that would make sense for edge. And the message he kind of portrayed on Monday is like, he's looking for people that, you know, the crowd like was behind at one time, but then it kind of faded and like, maybe they didn't get their opportunities with the company or different types, different like type of things of being like left out. Well, the first name that comes to mind is an obvious one. It's another guy from NXT. It's Tommaso Ciampa, who is now seemingly done with NXT. I don't think he's done with WWE, so he's going to come up. But he kind of, I think, fits the aura, the presentation already of what Edge kind of could do. And I think they could really sell his story of being that as well. But the other guy to me, and this is a sleeper one, I think you'll be behind this. There's another guy who's employed by WWE who's never on TV. He's been in a stable before, and it wasn't a good one. People want him to come back as like an old his old moniker. That would be T Bar, aka Dijakovic. I think he would be a very good fit in the stable as well because we've already seen he can kind of do like the semi dark character. We know he's a good wrestler. I just think that Tommaso and Dijakovic really fit into what Edge's message was when I was watching on Monday, and it was like there are two guys that aren't being used at all on TV who I would like to see be used more on TV who we know can go in the ring. And I think it just like a stable might be a good way to get these guys like really get their run going in. Cause I think Dijak, Dijakovic was on a good track except for retribution was so fucking bad that no one could succeed coming out of that. As you've seen, like all of them are either gone or off TV, but I think those two guys in particular would fit in well with edge. So that's my hope. Hashtag JC knows hashtag JC's hopes come true. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I do. I do want to point out that during uh, Liv and Rhea's promo, there was a purple light behind Rhea. So that seems to be where they're going with that one. That's a rumor. So I'd be curious. She fits the mold. Uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, if Liv went with her, that wouldn't be bad, but I don't think Liv would I would. Do. I would actually love that. But I don't, I don't see that happening. I see that Rhea can do it and Liv is just too good to be. Well, like, they need to, they need to find us a way to boo Rhea. 
And it might be just to beat up our other favorite and live. Because yeah, it's like true. Rhea and Liv are so beloved. It's like the only way you're going to make anybody want to boo Rhea is if she beats up Liv. So fair. I think they kind of have to go that way. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. My hope is very simple. You're going to think this is nonsense. But again, I like a little nonsense. So I was thinking about this as I was watching Mela and Zelina beat each other up. And uh, she said something very, very specific. Zelina did. She leaned back past Mela and she went, your husband's very handsome. And all I could think about was the WWE loves weddings. Now, regardless, we know these people are actually getting married. But if they come to them and say, hey, guys, we'll pay for the whole fucking thing if we can shoot an angle here. We'll do two weddings. It'll be great. I want to see a video of the whole thing where it's like going to kiss the bride she comes in and she starts smooching, like Zelina and, and Corey start smooching, and then Mellis throws the cake, like the whole fucking thing. Like, I want to see that entire thing happen because this is so trashy in a good way, very much a bachelor, bachelorette feeling that I feel like they'd miss the boat if they don't do something with the wedding. Because I feel like they've been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it, and having Zelina ruin Mella's wedding would be hysterical, and I think it would elevate these two women in a way where there's no championship involved, and if you're fighting over a man in a weird way would be hilarious as well. And you never know. Maybe this could lead to Mela and Corey against a Zelina and somebody down the line. Now, obviously, we can't have, you know, Alistair Black because that would be the best case scenario. But I think there's something there that you could definitely and have Corey Graves back in wrestling would be kind of a cool thing every once in a great while. I think this would do, do really well. So that's my hope. I think I want to see I want to see all sorts of nonsense happen. Yeah, whether it's something the next few weeks or maybe they do a segment when they come back where they like do something in front of the crowd, I think that's a good idea because I am all for that and I am all for Zelina getting more TV time because I think she's earned it. But Nestlemania, don't call it a comeback. She uh, she left WWE. Then the only way you could see her is if you were a fan. And now she is in AEW. That is, Tony Storm is all elite. She's getting my comeback. God, this feels like ages ago after the weekend, but I wanted to bring it up here because Tony Storm was someone that the minute you told me to check her out and her stuff, I was in. I thought she was cool. thought she was dope. Uh, and I was thrilled with her holding out in the Mayon Classic. She was NXT UK Women's Champion. Her run in NXT wasn't very good. Her run in the main roster was very brief. But I'm excited now. She seems happy. This seems to be a place where she wants to be a place that fits more of who she is, less of the entertainment, more of the straight wrestling, which definitely seems like the lane she wants to be in. So I'm happy for her. And I honestly think, if you we talk about this all the time, you've run down that AEW Women's roster. I think she's already one of the premier talents they have. And I think this is a huge signing for their division. I love me some Tony Storm, so I, whatever you say is great. I don't. I, I'm not gonna hate that at all. My comeback this week goes to Madcap Moss, baby. He won the Andre Memorial Battle Royal. Excuse me, that was hard to say. Uh, I was excited. I did not expect him to win. He deserved it. Uh, him and the, the lineage with Corbin, I think, really works well going forward, especially with the inevitable breakup. I was just so happy. Then they had him on the pre-show night two or night one. I forget. Maybe it was night one, but they had him on there telling jokes, and I just thought to myself, when he sheds this Madcap thing. When he finally sheds this, gets a next iteration of Moss or whatever, he's going to be a player. He's going to just be something. And, like, he's already doing exponentially better than people think with the Madcap character. So I feel like if he's given, like, we already liked him, you know, Riddy Mo and, like, the whole, like, underground thing. The star like of Raw Underground for me, baby. You know, like, he did a great job. I think when he's given the ball, no pun intended, he does score. So, uh, for me, this was a great moment for Madcap. I know our boy Guthrie got pinned, you know, 10 pole for it. But he was just, you know, it's exactly what it was supposed to be. And it was nonsense. But again, 
it made sense because it was either him, Finn, or Damian Priest, and it just felt like Madcap winning just exponentially helps everybody going forward. So I'm, I'm very yeah. excited, so that's why he gets my comeback. I think he does have a very bright future because I do think he has the look. He's proven with the character, and he can go in the ring. He's got the Trinity, so why not give him a shot? This is a good stepping stone, and him and Happy are probably headed towards a feud, like you said. But Nestlemania, that's going to lead us to the big old finish. Uh, we mentioned Raw next week has AJ versus Priest, Mysterio versus uh, Veer. Then they have the women's tag title rematch between Sasha and Naomi versus Rhea and Liv. Probably to set up an angle with Rhea there, but you never know. But Nestlemania, um, we had a loaded weekend with NXT. Since we recorded on a Wednesday this week, we can talk about what happened on NXT last night. So there's obviously a ton of things that happened. We had new women's tag team champs, who then immediately lost it three days later uh, on Tuesday night. Cameron Grimes won the North American title in an amazing ladder match that I love. Tony D retired Champa. We got new tag team champions in MSK. Uh, then Mandy showed off a new woman's belt and had a great match at a ton of spots. Gunther beat LA Knight. Breaker came out with a chainsaw. I completely forgot about that. Luckily, I wrote it down. But, but the then the head of with the safety glasses. Oh, safety. First. Yes, with the glasses too, and that he cut the NXT logo in half again. And they, I, I don't want to. I want to say it again. Is that that main event on NXT Sand Deliver like blew me away because it, it did kind of start kind of slow. I know our boy Dom loved it too, but I thought Ziggler and Braun really put on a show, and that's why to me the Monday and Tuesday thing really hurt because I felt like they didn't really let that breathe of how good that was by immediately turning it around. But obviously, a lot of them to unpack. So I think you can go wherever you want. I really love the ladder match. I'm a, I just, I'm a sucker for a good ladder match. I love Mello, so that was what great. I was surprised that uh, Cameron Grimes won. He was not on my uh, dance card, so I'm happy for him. I don't know how long he's going to have it. It feels like he should be called up already, so I'm curious to see how long he has it. Uh, I think they, there's a lot of people in that mode, though, so maybe they just figured we'll just keep this guy here and let him run as a baby face first, you know? Because mm -hmm. it feels like, doesn't it feel like there's a lot of people in NXT that were like, call up, call up, call up, you know what I mean? Right, and maybe they're just not ready and that's fine. But I feel like he's ready. He's he's definitely one who's I agree. ready. Um, I agree. Mandy winning that match, again, you told me it was good. I didn't get to watch it live. It was very good. The running knee wins, which always is a good laugh for Nestlemania. Uh, but again, something about Cora Jade made me feel like she's she's not even a real skater. When I watched that entrance, I went, who cares? She's not a real skater. She's a phony. She's a phony. Who cares? She's a phony. Who cares? She's a phony. You sound like Darby Allen. Darby Allen at least rolls down the ramp. Yeah, who cares? Darby Allen is so much better so than So it's like a skater chick, so she's a likable baby face. She's, she's not likable. She she's, she's not likable. WrestleMania. She's not How many characters in WWE play something that they're not? Like, you, it's just you're picking you're thinking, this one to be you're, mad you're, at. You're, you're, you're thinking with your penis again. I'm just no, telling I'm not. You. No, I'm not. Yes, yes you it's are. Just, it's just so ridiculous. It's like you're saying like, oh, she's a fraud. Well, Tony D'Angelo isn't a real likable. mobster. He must be a fraud too. No, 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 oh no, my no, God, no, how could he? Close how could he? The Undertaker isn't a real Undertaker. Fraud. Kane isn't really from hell. Fraud. Roman Reigns doesn't actually have a tribe and he isn't a chief. Fraud. Actually, he Brock does Lesnar's have a tribe. not actually a beast. He's just a man. Now Fraud. you're losing your argument Fraud. to yourself. Fraud. No, it's just like, it's so, that's so dumb. She's playing a character. That's the character she's playing. So it's like, there's no real character. Like, none of these people are these real things in real life. They're characters. God. She's not very good at that character then. I think she's fine at that she's character. Not because very a lot good. of people really like her. Yeah, and I that's know her why. job is to be liked. She's not going to be well liked for long. You you wait. You yeah, she still wait. is. The smarks the smarks never liked her because they never like baby faces. No, I think the general interview. public will turn on her too. I really there's something annoying about her. I don't know what it is. It's um, just something annoying. I think you just hate. I'm telling you, I want to like her, but there is no, an annoying don't. factor to her. Let me all the reasons why you don't want to like her. She's fine. That was her best match because oh, honestly, yeah. I've been. A 
I'd be critical of how she's been in the ring too. But then again, she's fucking 20 years old. Sure. So it's like, it's like I've, I forgive a lot, but it's like, I thought she looked great in this match. I thought this was her best to date. So she's getting better. That's all I can ask for. Moving on. I don't care about anything else. Let's go. Uh, so next week we have three more title matches. Uh, Mandy defends against Dakota Kai in a match that I am very excited for. Uh, but they're trying to try to get her retribution there for uh, Mandy costing them the tag team championships against uh, the, her cohorts there. Then we have a North American championship match between Cameron Gimes and Solo Sokoa, which is kind of making me hot because those are the other two of the more popular acts in XC 2.0. So I'm curious how that plays out. And then we have the most random tag team title match of all time. MSK taking on Grayson Walla in his sidekick Sanga, who hasn't wrestled since he's been a sidekick. And Waller's also in a slain, which I'm still convinced is a work and he's going to pull out of it and they might actually fucking win next week. But it's just like, it's hilarious to see that a guy in a slain with his heavy who have never like been in tag team contention. I got a title shot next week. Something's fishy here, but I I'm here for it. I'm excited for all these matches. I think they're all going to be great for their own reasons. Uh, but I am I am absolutely more excited for Grimes and Solo. I think that is the match that I am more excited about. I think they're going to do great. I hope so because I'm very high on both of them, and I like I thought Solo looked great in the ladder match, and I want him to continue to build because I'm really really high on him. Okay. So moving on, then with Nesmania, we have one last topic to hit on. Finally, finally, AEW's in Boston tonight, Wednesday. If you listen to this after, well then it already happened and. You know, you should listen to see uh, how right or wrong we are. But we have, uh, I actually, I'm actually pretty upset that I have to work tonight because between Young Bucks and FTR for the two tag team titles they have and Adam Cole and Christian Cage, I'm full chub. They've now added two qualifiers for the Owen Hart tournaments. Uh, Sheeta, who was one of my favorite women's wrestlers in AEW, taking on Julia Hart. And then Samoa Joe making his de- entering debut against Max Caster. So I'm missing a rap too. Then we also have the Hardys and the Butcher and the Blade, which I can give two fucks about. I mean, I know you're a Christian guy. I know you're a Bebe guy, so that one probably hurts a little bit. And then, of course, uh, like we said, FTR and the Bucks are the ones that... Yeah, it hurts I mean, a lot. I feel, like, I feel like FTR has to win this one because they lost the last one that makes more sense to make they it... they got to retain those titles. Yeah. You know, just uh, keep it going. Keep it going there. And Christian, I don't really care. He's going to lose to Bebe because he's Christian Cage. He fucking manages a dinosaur. So that that's match is probably going to be so good. Oh. I think... No, here it is. Here it is. I'll tell you right, right now. It'll be, it'll be 10 minutes. It'll be 400 falsies. It'll be unnecessary is what it'll be. I don't care. Adam, Adam Cole policies. has turned himself into Mr. Parody. He has like turned himself into the NXT. He, he shoehorns his 45-minute Gargano specials into five minutes in AEW sometimes where he's shocked that someone kicks out of the goddamn Panama Sunset, whatever the fuck it's called. And I'm sitting there going, everybody kicks out of the Panama Sunrise. Like, it's just everybody does the first time now. He has to do it like three times, and he ends with the fucking, you know, the sliding knee kaboom. It just it, it 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 just makes me so angry because he's so talented. And I'm thinking they're like this man is resting on his laurels, absolutely resting on him. And yeah, I he's so hanging out with the young bucks too much, too many falsies. Oh my god, it's like independent wrestling on steroids sometimes. Yeah, it's awful, just terrible. Anything else? I think that's those are the five things I have listed. Um, so you know, if they get to see an MJF promo too, I'm just really good. I just I hope that Sean I hope, Spears is out there. Oh, oh my Jesus. god! And then you're gonna be really upset you missed. And then Max Caster oh. talks about how you know Samoa Joe's got a problem. I'm sure it'll if be Anna Jay and Penelope Ford are there, I'm also gonna be upset. Oh, I'm not, if I miss a Dan Lambert promo, ah, I'm gonna miss everything. Stupid Bulls and Celtics. God damn it! You could have just had a day off. But anyway, I could have, but it's kind of a big game tonight, and it's a big show. It's uh, one of those, you know. Nobody cares. Let's move on. I think that's everything, folks. We enjoy talking about wrestling. We're out. Uh, if you enjoy us, make sure you follow us all on all of our social platforms as well. But thank you for listening to the Jobber Knocker, and we'll be back next week with more Jobber Knocker. <laughs> <laughs>